Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Hello. It's great to be with you. Today we are taking time to talk about AI or artificial intelligence. And so you may wonder, why in the world are we talking about AI on a podcast about contemplative spirituality? Whether we like it or not, AI is here to stay and it is rapidly changing our world. I was recently listening to a podcast from Reid Hoffman. He's one of the key entrepreneurs behind the development and wide release of AI. And he shared that several years ago, Pope Francis reached out to him because he wanted to send some priests from the Vatican to learn more about AI and the ethical implications of these developments. So after those initial meetings in 2019, the Vatican sponsored a conference with Silicon Valley CEOs, lawyers, robotic engineers, cybersecurity, and moral theologians, and others, and called it the common good in the digital age. The Pope talked about finding an ethical framework to guide these advancements in ways that would focus on the common good of our globalized world instead of possibilities to cause greater harm. From what I'm learning, it seems as though this is an ongoing conversation and one that key leaders are taking seriously as we are witnessing the AI revolution that many are predicting will change our world forever, similar to ways that the internet changed our world decades ago. Now, in case you didn't know, none of us on this podcast are tech gurus. However, we do live in the modern world and we are beginning to see ways that AI is entering the workforce, our schools, news sources, and increasingly our day-to-day lives. And so we thought we'd like to take some time today to share some of our initial thoughts around AI, realizing that this is all new and that we are all collectively on a steep learning curve. So we come not as experts, but rather as average people living our lives here in the Midwest of the United States, wondering what in the world this all means. So as we talk about AI today, I wonder what comes up for the two of you. That is a very good disclaimer. If there is anyone that is absolutely average <laughs> in technology, then it's got to be me because my husband is in technology. So I'm very enabled to just hand it over and let him figure it out for me. But yeah, AI has exploded the last few months. I don't even know, but it started showing up in the news. It started showing up in conversations. It started showing up in articles that I read in journals that I subscribe to. And it has been shocking. When I first saw the conversation coming up, there was a concern that like children would use it to write their papers. And then not that long ago, the tables turned and the student was concerned that the teacher might use AI to generate responses to their papers. And oh my gosh, now it's like the other way around. I do not have a chat GPT or any other type of client downloaded, but it has shown up like all of a sudden Zoom had the AI companion and this just happened. So I assume there are ways in which I'm utilizing AI that I'm not even entirely aware of. And then other ways where I've seen people use it super creatively I do some faculty work for Spiritual Guidance Training Institute, and I've seen people generate images on AI and then comment on them. This is what this brings up for me. So people having an actual spiritual experience as a result of generating an image on AI, which I'm on the front end of, but I feel fascinated by it. Yeah, I find myself 
in a strange place with AI. I have a app that I use that I've subscribed to and I use, and it's been super helpful for me. In fact, I've generated content that I've used on the podcast. It helps me do research. As a person who I have dyslexia, I use the tools and resources that are available to me. And AI has definitely increased productivity in my life. And on one hand, I'm very thankful for AI, but I've also, I'm also very privy to the discussions that, that are out there in, in the world at large. Jeffrey Hidden, who is called the godfather of AI, he's been working on AI for decades. Recently, he quit his job at Google so he could warn the, the world about the dangers of AI and how it can harm humanity. And so I think as a person who is contemplative, I think we've seen this throughout history, right? Like the term Luddite comes from the people from Ludd that were across the river that didn't want to engage in the Industrial Revolution. I think there are monastic communities during the Roman Empire that separated themselves out from society. And I think we're probably at one of those pivotal points in history where what is the modern person? How does he engage with culture? How does he use culture? And then you're probably going to have separatists, people that break away from culture because of the harm that they see is active and at work with the different. And I'm not saying that I think everybody's probably heard that AI is being used by maleficent and companies or individuals trying to gather da data. But how do we as contemplatives engage with culture, engage with society and not separate from it is the question that I have. How do we use what is available? And I love what you brought up about the Vatican putting people in place to help think about the good of society and humanity. And I really respect Jeffrey Hinton for his move saying, hey, I'm done. We need to take a serious look at this. And I offer people taking a stand to say, hey, let's monitor this. Let's make sure it moves in the right direction. So I, I think those are the thoughts that I have around AI. I too appreciate the Pope's forward movement and initiative. Again, even back before it exploded several years ago, meeting with Silicon Valley leaders, beginning these conversations. And I think in conversations that I'm having with people, I think, first of all, just having space to name where are we at with this and whether it's, this is new to me, I have no idea. And all of a sudden it's showing up and I'm having to sign something at my kid's school of ethical learning, or I'm afraid I have a creative job. And what does this mean about my job? Are my jobs going to go away? I think a lot of times there's, with any change or new things, there's fears and creating space and allowing space for people to name that and to own that and to process through that. I think on the same side, again, when new things are introduced to culture, there's possibility. There's It expands our world. Chris, you mentioned with your some of your learning challenges and how AI has really helped you in your vocation and things like that. And so there's always going to be that both and. I think that we, as we encounter these new things that are shaping and changing our world. And so to me, I feel like that feels like a important first step of just getting the lay of the land and where we're at in the lay of the land, like those little old timey maps at the mall where it's like, you are here. And there's like a little dot by the store to just help acclimate you. And so I think for me, that's been helpful of just where is AI showing up? What if it feels like this is helpful? Where are some 
things that are bringing up emotions in me. And then from there, maybe finding some way forward around conversations. Yeah, as I hear you talk, I'm reminded of so many equity conversations that we have. And in a lot of ways, we have really began to promote equity in creating helps that put everybody on the same kind of plane. But I'm also recognizing as I'm listening to you talk, we live in a very individualistic society where the things that we are naturally good at are what we utilize to set ourselves above the pack, so to speak. And so when we create all this equity, how do we stand out? That creates a whole new problem (laughs) if we are to continue operating the way that we are, which maybe we can stop. But I think of this around a recent interaction I had where somebody said, oh, yeah, I used I don't know, some chat GPT or some AI function to write a letter of recommendation. And my first reaction internally was like, what? Because I have written how many letters of recommendation and they're like a labor of love for me that I would be able to pour out the stuff. But as I listened to the person talk, I realized they didn't know how to do any of that stuff that I do naturally. And they were in a position to need to write a letter of recommendation. And this created a way for them to do it. And so I had to take an active couple of steps back because it meant something to me that I had done this and that they could just step into it. <laughs> I don't know. What is the emotion there? I'll, I think jealousy to some extent. <laughs> I have to be honest. And that's weird. <laughs> I don't know how to interact with the fact that I feel jealous about that. but. What does it mean to create this truly equitable society? And how do we interact with that, given how we feel about being individuals with strengths? I don't know. I love what you're naming here, Christina, because I'm hearing both an acknowledgement of your values that you hold and also these emotions that, you know, for you, jealousy, I mentioned fear earlier, curiosity, all these different things. And then how do I sit with that? And what does that mean? I think that feels really helpful. I was recently reading in Japan, they began with, because they have such a large elderly population and not enough workers to to be companions for them. And so they've been utilizing these robots to not only help with some of the, the distributing medicine and like a nurse's aid to elderly people, but they're now programmed where they can have conversations with these robots. And at first I was like, really? But I listened to a podcast and the guy was the AI robot was interviewing the podcaster. And it was a very, there was a couple of spots where you could tell it was a robot, but very empathetic in her intonation. And the questions that she asked were actually like quite thoughtful questions. And he was just, he's been experimenting with how does this relate to his work? And so thinking about, okay, is it better for this elderly person to have zero interaction or to have this AI? I don't know. It's mind blowing. But again, like my eight-year-old loves football NFL. And so he will sit with Siri and ask, do you think that the Packers are going to be the Cowboys? And then Siri will give the statistics of the different things or like interacting with the TV Siri around that. And I'm like, okay, is this disturbing to me that my eight-year-old is having these statistical conversations? None of us want to have it with him. So he's enjoying asking Siri these questions. And I don't know, it brings up a whole new thing of related to our last episode on the loneliness epidemic. And is AI going to be part of that? I don't know. There's a lot of curiosity that I have around this. I think, yeah, curiosity is a great word. Like, where is this going to take us? And I really appreciate what you brought up, Christina Kaiser, like the equality and the ethical nature of AI. And when we look at things like Japan using AI and robots for connection, for 
where humans can't, I think what comes to mind, are we putting, are we putting a bandaid on an open wound rather than treating it? Right? Like what, how does culture respond to these needs? And I think what I hear us saying and what I hear society saying is, oh, we'll get this ever learning entity and maybe put some human traits around it to fix what can be fixed now. And again, I don't know if this is good or bad. I know that in some places of the world, people are using AI for priests. Like they're going to AI to help them with spiritual questions. I have curiosity around how much can AI care about a human's discernment for the various paths that one would take in life, like how much care could actually be present. And th that, that question is daunting because what if it can create more empathy and concern than human beings that, that exist in a person's world? And that speaks to a different problem, right? That's, that speaks to a societal problem as well. But I have a lot of curiosity around where this is going. I do think there's something to be said about the rest of us don't have the stamina to have this conversation for this amount of time. <laughs> but a robot maybe can go outside of that emotional struggle <laughs> and sit there as long as you need it. That's a fair point. <laughs> yeah. For all of my talk of feeling jealous, I think there are positive points to... I love to study. I love to read books. I love information. I love to be well-read. And yet... I'm aware that I can't hold all information at the top of my mind at all times. And so there is, and I use Google searches by and large for this at the moment, but perhaps in the future it'll be AI. But I've seen other people drawing up, what are all of the resources available on this topic? What are the major talking points? Which tends to serve to jog my memory. Oh yeah, I haven't thought about that in quite some time. But that is a helpful aspect. And then I can take the I can take the bunny trail, so to speak. So there is a usefulness to a large catalog. In, in a way, that's what you're describing differently around the football stats, right? Oh, I can call it these stats. And there are humans who can call football stats. We have a sixth grade neighbor down the street. I rely on him for football stats, actually. He knows things about people that probably played before he was alive, but I don't have that information top of mind. So there is some usefulness to something that can hold all of that. Yeah, definitely. And I think even sometimes I have put into my AI spiritual questions and it'll give me quotes or answers or whatever. And then I'll say, can you describe that in words that a 13-year-old might resonate with, and then it'll regenerate it. And it helps me to boil down some of these more complex concepts into kind of everyday language that can feel helpful for my work. And so I think there's definitely that partnership piece. If we're going back to that Pope and the ethical conversation that I heard months ago about this that sparked this conversation, just this invitation that we get to shape this. This is so new that we need players in this early game to help to shape this thing and to bring empathy and ethics and whatnot, because it can go south. And there are people, to your point, Chris, that are very hardwired and ready to go with, let's do this. Maybe not hardwired, but I think it's important that we're shaping this because to your point, Chris, there are people that are ready to go and use this for selfish, evil purposes, right? That's always going to be prevalent darkness, but there's also light and light overcomes that. And I appreciate the Pope's I love thinking about things 
in a way that is hopeful and helpful. But also with that, there, there's a lot out there about AI that, that we can read or that we could. I think so science fiction has been putting forward this notion of AI for a long time. And so I think there are people that have seen Terminator or these movies that have AI completely taking over and humans. Matrix is another great film about AI just starting to rule everything and humanity becoming slaves to it. And I think, how do we contemplatively look at the danger, but how do we be hopeful about the future and how this can be if the, if the right people are in place governing this and then how, what do I, as an individual, what can I do to help make sure that the right people are in place to govern this? So I think I really appreciate you bringing that up. And I think to add to that, to me, I feel like what a time for a contemplative spirituality, right? We talk about embodiment. We talk about returning to our breath. We talk about holding presence with someone and being attentive, like all of those things that are human-centered, are not robot or intelligence, artificial intelligence-centered. And so I think that the practices and the things that we're describing on our podcast, it's such a ripe time for all of those things. Yes. And I think, especially with the contemplative, we can build on that which we are practicing, hopefully on a regular basis. And so when I think about my own contemplative practice, this phrase that frequently comes up for me is just this which has already been meaningful for different reasons, right? I can become very excited about many opportunities and want to do all of them. And so needing to find a space where I can be in just this, where I can enjoy just this fully, be fully present to just this has been a really important theme. And so I think in terms of all those lists that I can generate, it's the same concept for me. Like, What is here? that I can be with. Like, I don't need to take all of it, but what of it can I take and really be present to and really grow and benefit from? So I think that phrase will be helpful to me personally with AI. Well, what a great note to end on, Christina. Thank you. And I imagine that we will revisit this topic at some point on the podcast, because again, like I mentioned at the top of the episode, this is a learning curve and it's very new for us, but thank you so much for engaging in this important conversation. And now is the part of the podcast where we talk about what we are into. So what are we into? I suppose this could be true on any given day, but I think what I am into is my husband. He has been so helpful. I think I've mentioned a few times I'm doing this community theater show and it's taking all of this time and he's just bent over backwards to make life doable and comfortable. Just this morning, this curling iron that I've had for 30 years, the buttons sunk in, which makes sense. It's 30 years old. And he pulled out screwdrivers and soldering irons and electrical tape and put it back together and was like, here you are. And then he was like, I will go get you a coffee. And that's just this morning. I think, yay, that man is very special. So I am into my husband. <laughs> I love that. That's very sweet. I am into the spiced apple spindrift variety. It is so yummy, crisp. It's like drink, I don't know, it's like drinking a apple cider or something or other, but it's the spindrift sparkling water. So I am very much into that. We mentioned one of our children, 
being into AI stats and having a relationship with Siri about football. And we had a big weekend. It was playoff weekend. And so we now I'm, this is what I'm into the break between. So we have a two week break between the next football game. And so I am going to enjoy just a two week break from football and the stats. Hopefully, I think one of the things that is going to make that possible is hiding the Apple TV remote, but I'm looking forward to a break of stats. Thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, make it a great week. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, we invite you to stay connected by signing up for our Foundry Spiritual Center newsletter, where you can learn about even more programs and offerings. You'll find a link to subscribe in the show notes or visit us anytime at foundrysc.com. Thanks again for being with us. We hope you have a great week.